Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Craig. How are you? How are you doing, Alex? I'm good, thanks. Welcome to my Board. Yeah, how are you? I'm good, yeah, not too bad. What have you been up to? What's been um, it's kind of, this is like the first thing I've done since Christmas New Year, so uh, it's kind of getting back into work today, doing bits and pieces. I actually do another job outside music, so doing that today, back at music stuff tomorrow. Oh, very good. Yeah. I'm trying to think, I was trying to think before I came over when the last time I saw you was, and I think it was, I didn't actually see you at it, but it was a Koala show. Oh, right, Koala. Koala, how do you pronounce it? Koala. Koala. Yeah. Cola show at Sneaky Pete's because I didn't actually know you were there when I was there at it, and it was only when I got home and so on. And so yeah, she had like a catwalk stage, so I kind of like clambered over it to get to the sides, and so Hiding didn't see many side, people. Yeah. Didn't see many people there. It was a good show. It was I, think, in, um, I like the fact that they did something quite different. With yeah, it. I think Cola's like I've known Rachel for a long time, and she's doing something that's really quite different. So, and uh, she done like musical projects. Before yeah, she does them um, just under her own name, uh, but this is completely different. And like the dance thing, I do. I think it's good. I think she's. Good enough for trying new things. Yeah, she's got a good voice as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It was because you did an interview with her as well before. Yeah, I did it just before the gig came out. So, um, yeah. she's had been track the week and stuff before in that as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah. She's had four singles, and now she. Yeah, as Cola, yes. I couldn't believe that when I actually read that. It's a year since she released her last, her first single to win the, the gig. Was. Is that so actually? Yes, yeah, so it's a long time coming. So. Time flies. Yeah, but, but she's been she's been working it hard, and it's, it works. So, looking forward to see what's next for her. Yeah, and she's trying to do something similar in Glasgow. What, another show in Another show, yeah, similar sort of thing with the dance stage and stuff. Must take so much prep yeah. going into it. Like, it's cool it's, it's having good, because like... my pal's L-Space with the backing band as well, so it was nice to see them too, oh, so yeah. it's kind of good to catch up with everyone. Yeah, be good to do supports and stuff as well. And kinda yeah. That. But I think before that as well, I saw you at Jaws, you did the interview with them. I did, yeah, I just walked in as you were finishing the interview, yeah. blogging rivals in, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice guys, it was actually They're really cool, guys, really yeah. cool. To chat. I don't know that much about Jaws, I've always listened to them, kind of on and off, but then... I got off the interview and I kind of fancied the gigs like you know what I'll do that and then 
I put on their albums on Spotify and the different styles of music that Jaws have, and not even across different albums, across the diff- same yeah. album. I mean, especially the last one. That's yeah, so the one song's quite disco and the next song's really rocky, right, straight after it. So I thought it was really interesting. And the Z Live show was really good as well. And the lights were amazing. Like, so the, so, yeah, the big yeah, thing they had on behind The big Jaws well. sign behind the stage, but they also had like these little sort of things in front, which just like mirrors. And it looked like so cheap to do. It was so effective. The whole show was really good. Really yeah. Instagram. Um, I've put a cool picture up of it, so check them out. Yeah, one of my favourites, I think. Would you have been down at that gig anyway? Had you not got the? Oh no, honestly, probably not. Like <laughs> it's just one of these things. The PR company sent me. I did a preview of the single they brought out before the album came out. Um, I know the PR company, so he sent us it, and it was the way one of these PR companies would write really good press releases. So it's basically just copy and paste, put it, and you've got yeah. content out for the blog. And then he just said, do you want to interview the guys? I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. And when I listened, I think, had I listened to their albums before the week without knowing I was in the but I might have went yeah. down uh, anyway to see them. Yeah. yeah. Is it who is it, is it Sonic PR or is it? I think it's Sonic to them, yeah. yeah. Sonic, Sonic yeah. or Prescription or one of them, yeah. One of them. Do you build up quite a lot of relationships over time? Over the years, yeah, that, you yeah. find, and it's, what I quite like, anyone who's looking to do PR, it's get your pressures is right because I'll, if Sonic send me one through, I know it's going to be good. I know I can use it. Whether it's well written, it's well yeah. presented. Yeah, like. everything you need is in that one. I hate, my pet hate of music is when somebody sends you a, like one band sent my message on Instagram a few weeks ago saying, we've got a new single out. If you'd like to review it, let us know what you need. I'm like, well, I need the single. You need the PR. Yeah, <laughs> I need the single. I need the song. <laughs> they didn't even send the song. I'm like, it's just like creates, people are busy. So it's, I always say to people like off the record and thing like that. Can you make like, it as easy as possible? Yeah, don't make me do more work than I need to. Like, that, I don't want to sound arsy about that, but it don't, I've got other things to do, so I've got to reply to yeah. you saying, "Yeah, go and send me the song, and then send me this." It takes. I'll, whereas if somebody sends me everything in one hit, they have more chance of getting on the blog than you if you don't send them. Yeah, I always know as well. Like in the future, you know, if I'm, I think it'd be quite interesting to work on a PR campaign for something yeah. and do something like that. And I know that when I eventually do, hopefully at some point, looking at those like PR releases from Sonic PR is exactly what I'm going to do <laughs> and go and check them out. And yeah, there's a guy also in Edinburgh who doesn't do it as much now. Um, Matthew Young is a, a record label and a PA. He does everything basically called Song by Toad. Uh, his yeah. press release were always great. And I remember getting one through like four or five years ago now. It was um, Ian from Broken Records released a, a debut side project solo thing called yeah. Digital Analog. And because it was Matthew Center, I'm going to list this anyway because it's I love Matthew's stuff. And this album just blew me away. It's one of my favourite albums ever. And it was just probably the only reason I gave it the first clip was because it was through Matthew's cool press yeah. releases. That's the other thing I really enjoy about kind of obviously we both do blogs. Yeah. The amount of music that I discover through it that I wouldn't have otherwise heard and the amount of artists that you kind of come upon. Yeah. Same thing with what you're saying with Jaws. But you get all these PR releases in. There's so much good... It's frightening how much good stuff there is yeah. out there. That you just, how much time do you spend? Like, Do you listen to everything? Comes, we, all, we all say we listen to everything. That comes, comes through? Yeah. Do you mean from the, what bands from, send well, from the PR, PR? Like if PR agencies, do you listen to every email? No, probably not every... Yeah. <laughs> You know what, actually, it sounds really I've bad. I've already started but... reviewing you. <laughs> <laughs> what sounds really bad is a band's name plays such a massive role. Yeah. Like, if a band's name sounds cool, it sounds mm-hmm. interesting, I'll go and check out that band. Yeah. I do listen to everything if a band sends something in. Right. Like, also, like, not if they didn't send a link to the single, but if a band sends in a link to a single, I always listen to everything from that. Right. Even if I maybe don't reply to everything. I try and reply yeah. to everything. I, I do try to listen to everything. I always but... listen to everything that comes through. There's so many things these days with... You find out some really good stuff. There was a Dundee band got in touch the other day. Name escapes me, but really good. I hadn't heard yeah. of them otherwise, and you just find out so much good I think stuff. the problem now is there's too many ways to get in touch. Like email, there's Facebook Messenger, there's Instagram, there's Twitter. It's like, it should all be, because you t- you initially text, um, and Facebook me about this podcast, and I completely forgot to reply. Yeah, so I, I think... I just said, just email my man. And... 
No, I think Emo's normally the way to go. For yeah, Emo's better. Yeah. If any bands were like, to, to, like the best way to get in touch with me is email, definitely. I'm quick at respond. Like what you said, the same with Facebook. I'm quick at respond to emails. Because yeah. if it's in an email, it feels more pressing, I think. Yeah. And it feels like a job that needs done. Yeah, because once you click close on that, on your Facebook it's tab gone. after you read it. Because if you go back in emails, it's still there. Yeah. It doesn't just go away. It doesn't just Unless you delete there. it. If it's a really bad band, delete. Yeah. So I thought we'd start a little bit with Alive and Amplified. Yeah. Because you started that back in 2004? Oh, technically, yes. Like, it was a college project. We had to put on something or do something. So I put a night on back home. It was... Back home, there was never bands playing. Back home. Dunbar, by the way. I lived in... Grew up in Dunbar. There's never bands playing. What's the music scene like in Dunbar? It's not. Well, there's a couple of bands. Stagger Rats came from Dunbar. They did all right. And there's the... Oh, man. Totally... What's the band? That'll come in a minute. Guy with curly hair, sort of like they all wear suits. Ah, oh, that's mental. What's the name? The guy with the curly hair. There's the band, like the they all dressed in suits, and the guy's got lead singers with curly hair. That's so bad. Anyway, I'll come back. Scottish to band. Yeah, from Dunbar. Um, oh, I've not terrible. We have to Google them, but um, <laughs> yeah. So like, there's not really many like gigs. There's no venues or anything like that. So it's like it's, you get the odd guy putting covers in the pub. So I kind of like got some bands down and put in some DJs and had like a night with both things. And then, so that was a college project. Kind of, I've put that 2004 because it's kind of started then. That was the first thing, but never really took off until about probably 2000 and, well, in fact, I went to Leaf FM in 2007. So that's when it kind of started doing more music stuff. What was the blogging scene like back then? There wouldn't have been as many blogs about it. There wasn't imagine. many at all. Um, have you noticed quite a lot come and go? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Loads, especially in Scotland, there's been loads of blogs coming and going. Pop Cop was one of the best blogs and it just vanished overnight. Why, uh, do you know why it's. Nah, I just think it became, it became. Even I find sometimes it's like. It's hard, a lot of work. Like people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People like say to me when I'm out and about in the pub or whatever, and they're like, oh, your job's amazing. You just write and you go to gigs. Like, yeah, we don't see all the bits behind the scenes that I've got to do. Like, you just the Instagram, that's what you think my life is. It's Same with everything, I guess, yeah. now. But like. This morning, even most of the day, to be honest, I just sent out emails, like uh-huh. sorting through and catching up, and it's yeah, sort of admin and other things. I yeah, guess admin. it's similar to being in a band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Were yeah, you... so two thousand seven, I finished studying, and I think Leaf FM is starting. So they were looking for people to get involved, and I never wanted to present. I never wanted to be. I didn't have the confidence back then to like think I could speak on radio. Um, so I just went in and I said, "Look, I like new music. I like work with bands." So. What I'd like to do is get all the demos, get the CDs and stuff in from the bands and then say, like, this suits his show, this suits his show. And then a guy called Ian Schofield, who's become one of my best pals, said to me, why don't you come in and do a 20-minute gig guide of what's happening in Edinburgh this weekend? So cool, let's do that. And I was on stage, on stage, on, on the mic. I'm so nervous. I've got that first recording somewhere and it's just like, I was saying, like, in the, in the back. And, <laughs> and remember the first song I played was a band called Delta Mainline from Edinburgh. Great guys. They were main friends. Uh... And then Ian and I just got really well on radio and all of a sudden we were co-hosting the show. We did two and a half hours on a Friday. Then we moved to Sundays, which was good fun for a while. But as you can imagine, present the radio show what on time, Sunday. What time? We were on it Sunday? two till four. That's still quite early It was Sunday. quite early for a Sunday. And we went, I mean, that was like eight years ago. So we were quite more... I was, well, <laughs> Ian's not in the party now. He's got two kids and he's settled down. But we were like out every night, every Saturday night and stuff and... Every Sunday, I was like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Not so much the radio, we loved the radio, but why don't we just stay in on Saturday night? But yeah, um, so I thought Leith FM like died through reasons I won't go into. One day yeah. they'll come out, they'll come out in the book. Um, and then from that, like, so obviously, no, like, we complained about something, so about 30 percenters got sacked because we spoke out about 
something that wasn't right at Leith FM, which is then Castle FM. So we got sacked. Uh, so I had all this music and nowhere really nothing to do with it. So I took the time then to set up the blog, like Amplify properly. Was this in 2007 when that all that, finished? No, nah, that would have been like 2012. The blog probably started, I think. That was when it kind of proper started. Yeah, it probably started as a written blog. And, um, and then from that, Shore Radio started, which was like from the ashes of Leith FM, was there for a bit. And then Summer Hall came along and it was more like a podcasting unit rather than live radio. So, Is that the one down at the venue? Is that where the like the studio is, Summer Hall? Summer Hall, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, upstairs yeah. and like there's so many lot of rooms in Summer Hall. First day I went, I got it's lost. Fascinating building, yeah. Oh, it's, I love it up there. Um, but yeah, so that was more a podcast hub. So Ian and I went up there and sort of did non-live for an hour and it was quite nice just having the hour. And then I just kind of started doing the podcast. I've got a little homemade setup, nothing like your setup. Like, well, this is incredible, the setup you've got. It's, um, yeah, it's I, I like it. It's, it's a cool. nice way. And then, yeah, so that's a live and podcast I've kind of went through. I've now got one called, I call it the music now. I think the pressure of doing it every week was kind of getting like, this is getting a bit tedious now. It's like something I had to do rather than... You've got to be to careful do. as well because you can force things upon yourself without realising yeah. it. And suddenly you're tied into something and, and again, why am I doing this? I've set this up for myself. Yeah, I'm it's a, that it's same thing where I was saying that people think, oh, it's only an hour, but the work behind that hour... A lot of editing. Is like, yeah, it's not even then, it's the, the pre-stuff, the pre... Because we did that... At, even though it was podcast, we didn't really edit it much. We just pressed record and went for it because yeah. it was just two pals chatting music, really. That's what it was. But then the, the research into the bands, why we're playing, we never played a song that wasn't relevant. So we played something by like the Van Tees. It was because the Van Tees either had a single out, an album out, or they're playing a gig in the next. So you had to go and hunt for that yeah, music. to make sure week, was, yeah. every song was relevant. So it became a lot of work. So that's why I kind of stopped that. And I started the music now, which is kind of going to be, I kind of did a transmit special. I did. A tenement trail special, so it's kind of down to the Great Escape and do one of them as well. I did, yeah, I did the best of the Scottish people down there, like best of the people I spoke to. Who were you sort of speaking to? Uh, I spoke to Ninth Wave, Lucia, Tamzine. I spoke to Jamie Houston from Creative Scotland because they do a lot of work with this the Great Escape for the Scottish bands down there. They basically is that Jamie who does tenement? Does no, Jamie, Jamie Houston works for Creative Scotland. All right, he's like the head of music there. So Creative Scotland fund a lot of bands to go down to Brighton. Um, to do the showcases. So there was that, there was... It's a cracking lineup for that this year. Uh, it was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a great festival. You've not been... Yeah, get yourself down. Is it, what's, so what, is it like multi-venues? Yeah, it's yeah. just basically every... It's like, imagine the festival in Edinburgh, it's like that, but for music. So every corner you turn, there's like somebody's set up a music venue and somebody's like front room and stuff. It's, it's really cool. I remember reading, it might have been anime or someone, it was someone had written a... It was like a music kind of blog thing and they tried to basically go the whole day without not... Like not stopping seeing bands. It was something like twenty bands in a day. Right. It was just mental. Like yeah. basically running two minutes. Suddenly you're at another venue and another amazing bands playing. Yeah, like going from seeing the Marsicans play this year. Yeah, did you? Yeah, so I saw them. They played it. Um, They're really good. See, that's the thing. The Great Escape is like they've got the main Great Escape, and then you've got the alternative Escape. And I think it was, I can't remember. Maybe it was Scuff of the Neck who did the Marsican stuff, but they had like a shop, a vintage clothes shop, and it was like a, a set of stairs, and up there was like lights and stuff, and the bands put up the stairs. It was really cool. It was a little, little clothes shop. Just it's actually on the, the street I was staying in. What so. the venue was at like the clothes shop is. Yeah, it was like a little. Well, not it was a massive clothes shop. I love shop, venues but like, like that. You know, yeah. like well, that's what I mean. That's what the base game is like. There's so many little places that you, you turn into like music venues. It's a shame about Picture House in Edinburgh. That was quite a cool one. Oh yeah, I loved it in there, man. It's... How long was that a venue for? Oh, when I was a student, it was revolution. It was the worst. It wasn't the worst nightclub in Edinburgh because I went every <laughs> week. But um, it closed, turned into gig, which was supposed to be a music venue slash club, and it was just. That was horrific. And then the pitch house must, must have been four or five years anyway. And it was great. We got some good bands. It was finally, we thought this is it. This is the venue. And it's been needed for a while. And then obviously, 
now it's, it's yeah it closed down now it's just a five years it was about yeah yeah weather space I mean you did editors that we were speaking about that earlier That's cool. yeah editors there I've seen Travis there um, Cribs loads of bands here it's good what I do like about that is the Witherspoons the bar is just in front of the stage the stage is still there so I'm I mean, thinking it's a shame that it's no longer a music venue but it's a cracking Witherspoons yeah but my point is I think if there's if somebody did come in and buy that and want to turn it a music venue I think Witherspoons has been told you can't destroy it so it's literally Witherspoons going to be picked up and taken out and the stage and everything's still there if you look the stage down, is still you look behind down, the, look down the bar the stage is that, is there's there. like a big cover yeah yeah so I think it's been set up in that way that um if anybody did want to turn to venue, so there's hope yet. Edinburgh's good for protecting stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. It's the same. What's is it? What's going on with ABC in Glasgow? Is it definitely? I don't know. I don't know what's happened with that. I mean, such a shame what happened there. Another great venue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess Glasgow's not the same as Edinburgh. Glasgow's kind of got more venues kicking about. Loads. Well, the same thing happened here at La Belle and Jail when I was a student. That burnt what down. A fire. Yeah. Yeah, but the whole thing burnt down. Like it was gone. But what they completely rebuilt yeah, what they've re- rebuilt now is exactly how it looked well not exactly but pretty much 90% how it pretty was much bang on, yeah. back in the day so that's a good venue as well so the blind is there and Wide Days was obviously there this year as well yeah Wide Days was great fun there this year what so you are you artist liaison artist liaison manager at Wide Days yeah so what exactly uh, is artist liaison for people that don't so <coughs> I don't know if you know if they don't know what Wide Days is we um I suppose yeah Wide, it's a music uh, conference in Edinburgh it takes place every April so it's over three days the first day last year was taken over by a booking agent they put on some bands and then the Friday's a whole day of conference so you've got panels from like publishing to MCPS to PRS loads of different things A&R you're brave enough where bands can put in their demos and like four people from music and they just listen to them give criticism good feedback Phil Taggart was there this year doing that Phil Taggart was there it was good good to speak to Phil he's a good guy Um, and then at night we put on seven bands it was last year and six this year showcasing the best what we think is the best Scottish bands and the ones that are up and coming no it's not the best Scottish bands it's the bands who are next we think are going to be the next big so six who so. were the six this, this year we had Megan Early Shears Van Ives played Tiviet and then we had Shusho Te Paliamo Frankie Sable Party and Eyes of Others at La Belle Angel. that's a cracking lineup. It was, it was a good day, and it's like, it's hard work, I mean, so Artist Liaison, you asked that, is, I basically, as soon as we book, well, the process of selection band is me, myself, Michael, as an extended team, and then there's a load of people outside in the Scottish music industry help us select why they, it's not just a case of we think, oh, we like them, they're good, it's like, everybody was an input. You have to submit to... Yeah, you have to submit, you have to answer some really, like, questions, what your plans are, what your plans are for the next year, and then we go pick the seven bands and then basically it's my job to like book briefing days we get photographed and we them do videos make sure they're happy we ask them all to register 100 people to come to the gig I was actually watching the Polyamo video today by complete coincidence right. yeah. that. good band Polyamo if you don't know Polyamo go and check them out live as uh, well just yeah mental I, I didn't know much about them we booked them for Off The Record which is basically a wide days event for 14 to 25 year olds so we booked them for that and as soon as we did that I thought these guys have got to be a chance for wide days because they were that good they're quite a young band as well yeah they're, they're all about like, 18, yeah, 19 they're just, yeah they've just turned like 18, 19 uh, they're doing South by Southwest this year which is like well done lads fair play be good yeah. but it's stage presence yeah oh yeah just, just try think really reminds me of it's almost a bit Ian Curtis. Yeah, I was going to say, it does remind me a bit, he's a bit more lively than Ian Curtis, but he's got the same sort of, he looks and he just, and he starts out running on stage. <laughs> Somebody said that to me, he just runs on stage. He's like, what do you mean he runs on stage? It was Michael who I worked with, and he's like, and he started playing it off the record. I'm like, yeah, he just runs on stage. He's, he's some not definitely. Think, if you're listening, don't think anything of it. He just runs on stage. Just imagine someone running on the spot on stage. Yeah. But yeah, good and great, 
great fan base because I'll admit, off the, off the record as I say it's for 14, 25 year olds so there was a lot of young kids came to Parliamo and I obviously as liaisons I'm running the gigs with the door staff and stuff it's like this is going to be a nightmare they're going to be on the stage there's going to be stage invasions they were absolutely amazing and a couple of times bounced and said guys step back a bit like, yeah no worries man and they were so nice and so polite and stuff so, was that LaBelle? That was, no that was in Dundee that was at um, the Caird Hall in Dundee Nice. That off the record, and then they played. La Belle was fine because it was an older audience and we pushed proper like. Um, Still about jumping crash about it, Oh yeah, it was mental jumping about, but with the proper crash barriers and that in there, so it wasn't as wasn't as stressed. Yeah, yeah. And of, after like after off the record, I was like, the boys are fine. They're not going to cause any violence. Yeah, yeah. I've done really well. I think one of the highlights of last year's wedding days is how what they've come went on to do. So, so were those bands performing on the Friday? The Friday, right? yeah. And, and then on uh, the Saturday, you have the Saturday. But this. Last year was the first year we did a festival takeover, which we asked three festivals. So it was Tenement Trail, Kelburn and Electric Fields to pick four bands. And we played them over the, the two venues of the Mash House and La Belle. And it was a sense that you could go from, you didn't miss anything. So when one band finished, five minutes later, another band started in La Belle. And then yeah. you went back to Mash House, then back to La Belle. That's what I, we all ended I up liked playing. about it. Yeah. Just compared to something like, I love Tenement Trail. That was such a good festival this year, yeah. but you, you miss bits of bands. Yeah. Know? But there's also something nice about that, just going straight from band to band. But yeah. It's nice seeing full sets because you can go from St Martin's to then Rascal into <laughs> who else was playing last year? Um, Cava Louise, Row. I'm going non Scottish ones. Avalanche Party were great. The guy, um, it, I don't know what was they're not a band anymore, but they used to be really good. Alligator, yeah, they're now Vloer. Yeah, they've kind of they're not, they're not now Vloer, but some of the members of Alligator are now. It's kind of like a Joy Division Yard, I think. It's almost. quite different Vloer to what Alligator are. I know they're not all the same. You can kind of see some of the elements carrying over, yeah, definitely. But um, I like, I like them that good. video for Desire, yeah. Just so well done. They're a yeah. band that <coughs> I hate to say, but you know, like marketing wise, even just they're quite intense. Like, yeah, they scare me a bit. <laughs> like, I am um, they played the break, the Great Escape, and where the showcases are in the Great Escape, it's like a big church, so it's quite light and it's quite bright. And the, the showcase started like at one o'clock in the afternoon, so it's bright, and everybody's like just getting in from the Friday night to go, and it's kind of a bit lethargic. And the guy just came out and went to somebody's face, and he was right in somebody's face, just screaming the lyrics. Because the boy was like, What have I done to do this on a Saturday morning? But it worked really well. It done really well. That so. was on a Sun Ninth Wave at um, Lemon Tree in Aberdeen. Right. She was kind of getting up in amongst the crowd. Yeah. Some poor boy in the front row with glasses that just looked so innocent, <laughs> and just right up at him and just staring him down and just yeah. singing right in his face. Well, same thing happened with um, another band. Oh, I forgot the name of the Lovesick, they changed their name, but they um the girl from Lovesick basically came into the crowd and did a lap dance for one of the guys in the crowd. Like we were sitting there with his beer, like what is this? It was a uh, yeah, good show. Still trying to remember the name of that band. It's annoying me. The one for the what bar. the one from the curly hair with the suits? Yeah, the one for the bar. I can't. It will come to me. We got off topic. I was going to ask about. Did I ask about? No, we did ask about artist layers in a bit. But what, yeah, what so exactly just, is that? Well, it's role? the process from like from taking the the submissions. When it's come, I'm really coming to effect once we've booked the bands. It's then making sure they're happy, how we can help them do marketing, what we can do for them. And it's what I like about this as well. It's not like that's you done your set, thanks, bye. We work with the bands, we still work with the Ninth Wave, we still work with Van T, we still work with Parliamo. So if they've got things like funding applications, what hand with, they give me a shout and we arrange. And well, if we want to meet somebody, I'm going over to America, that yeah. Definitely too. So if like a band think we need an agent, then Olaf and Michael and myself, we know people who might. I mean, you're always you're only two people away. It's like you don't know one. We all know somebody that does know one. So that's that yeah, cool yeah. thing where we don't just the bands aren't done with us when they finish. We've, we've I've made some like really good friends through White Days through bands like the Van Tees. I mentioned. Seems like quite a nice kind of community. Yeah, it is, and it's it's yeah. nice to keep in touch. And I'd regular email them. It's part of my job as well, which is keep in touch because 
I don't know if you saw the Wide Days Instagram today, but the King Tut's New Year's Revolution, the Shears, um, Crystal and the Van Tees are all playing that, so I've done a wee share for that because it's like they're, they're like our sort of our sort of guys or our, our pals, so we like to push their gigs. Did Crystal do Wide Days? Yeah, did. Yeah. yeah, not last year. They were was that a couple? How many years ago did you get involved with it? I started at the very beginning. I went to a night. It was when I was at college. Um, a lecturer told me there's a night starting called Born to be White, a guy called Olaf, you should go along and check it out. So I went in and I says, how will I know Olaf? It was like, you'll know Olaf. And you walk in, this guy with a big, massive, it was even bigger curly hair back then. He looks like an Olaf. I was like, yeah, that's definitely Olaf. So I went and spoke to Olaf and then went to a few more events. I moved down south for a bit, but then when I came back, Olaf actually got my work experience at the venue, which is no longer here, and a place called Nemes, which is no longer here. I don't know if it was a coincidence that I was there, they're both no longer here, but <laughs> um, yeah, Olaf got me work experience and then he spoke to me about doing a, a day event called Wide Days. That was what was the 10th Wide Days this year, so 10 years ago. That was uh, the 10th one this year? Yeah, so I started, I wasn't artist liaison manager back then, but I helped rep gigs and just basically the first Wide Days was just all hands on decks. It was like we were organising catering. Everybody was just doing everything to get it went. It, it's worked really well every single year. We actually had to move venue the week before Wide Days the first year because the voodoo room's booked, double booked, so we had to move it to Shanghai. And it's the thing, the thought Shanghai of, still a venue. Yeah, it was. Well, I think the thought of doing something in Shanghai now, it's like, wow. But um, it's worked really well. We've moved from TV8 to Pleasance back to TV8. I think TV8 is a wonderful venue for it. The myth that I do, like, I used to love Electric Circus for wide days because it's always ended there. Unfortunately, that's no longer there. But When did Electric Circus stop being? Must be three years ago now, I think it shut. Because Indigo Velvet played the last show there. They did, yeah. yeah. Played the last night, yeah. When did you start? Getting involved with them, and um, well, I've, obviously into I've been pals with them for years and years. Like it's weird because I never, like, I didn't not like them. <laughs> I love this. They'll be loving this. Um, I booked them for a gig at Sneaky Pete's like all, about f- seven years ago, and they cancelled on me like the night before. And I was like, I don't know if I can swear on this. I was like, little assholes. Like I'm not like I don't like them, and I've never really from from there. I didn't really play them much on radios. Like nah, they just let me down, let me down. I don't know what happened. I think I bumped into Billy at Electric Fields, actually, and we kind of had a chat and stuff, and I kind of like, he's all right. And then I saw them supporting LaFontaine's at the Liquid Rooms, and I enjoyed the gig, speaking to them. And then we just, for some reason, we just became pals again and started speaking, and I've been to gigs with them, been down south with them and stuff. As a non-manager, just going down, helping them out, like with a bit tour managing and stuff. And then about April 10 this year, they were looking for a manager, and I was like, no, no way. Did they like, have I'm, someone doing it? Before, that's so all before, but yeah. just a uh, mutual thing. It, kind of, it, it just didn't, it, it just came an end. It was no, there was no reason for it. Um, so they just said to me, Joint manager, I said, like, lads, I'm maybe too friendly with you for this. It's not really... that's the thing that I've probably you have to be careful with, like, being yeah. too friendly with folk. And but then they said, they said they had a new single coming out in June. Can you help us with that? Said, you know what? I'll give you do it six months. And I got into it about three months in. I was like, I actually love this. And they're actually really nice guys to work with, like. They're, yeah. more, they're better to work with than our pals. <laughs> that way, they're hard work as pals. But when you need to do stuff, they do stuff. And it's like I think this year's been really good for them. They, I mean, Rocky Pal. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like to like work with a band who like is, I mean, probably the biggest artist in the world right now is number one on album in America. So to like work with a band who are supporting Louis Capaldi is pretty cool. And uh, because Louis Capaldi supported Indigo Velvet five years ago. So it's crazy. Circus. I think. I was in a photo on Facebook not too long ago. I think it was even like soon. I think it was like four years ago. It was Lewis Capaldi, like third on the bill at a touch show. Yeah, someone standing next to the sign. But yeah, she's done. He's done so well. He gets a lot of heat, and I think it is because he's just done so well. But good on him. You're always gonna get heat. Yeah, good on him. It's like, well. yeah. yeah, it's good to see someone doing that for Scotland, and hopefully be yeah. drawing a bit more attention to some artists exactly. like him to go well. But 
Were they were they your first time managing a band or had I've you... kind of dipped in like years ago. There was an artist called Carrie Mack. Again, it's not me. It wasn't your manager. It was just helping her out. And then there's a band called the Gold Lions who I kind of just helped get gigs and done bits and pieces for them. But this is the first time I've kind of like taken Probably it all on and done it. Like, and... Yeah, putting stuff on Spotify. This is the first time I've really released singles with a band. Yeah, um, which I, I really just my favorite part of it is like that Friday at midnight when the tune comes out. Yes, it's on, and that relief of yes, it actually is on. I've not messed. I've not pressed the wrong button. It did go on Spotify, and then <laughs> like sitting for days watching the Spotify for artists, seeing how the stats never going to slow. Yeah, it's good. It's good. What sort of stuff did you learn from? But what did you do? Got to the gold lines. What were you kind of doing there? That was kind of they just they played a gig, a band. I used to put on nights at. With three sisters and Maggie's chamber upstairs used to be a really cool music venue um, I used to put nights in there and a band pulled out and my mate Rich Paxton actually said there's a band called Gold Lions they'll jump in if you want to do it and he says by the way you should speak to them at managing them they're great and I was like I'm not a manager Rich I don't really know what I'm doing this band came on stage it's a two piece because I'm quite into black keys and white stripes things like that so yeah, a two piece yeah. guitar and drums well, and it just came on and just I was like yeah let's get involved with these guys <laughs> straight away I was like these guys are so good Owen the singer he just had something about him that was like he's gonna like he could be kind of charisma. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Charisma's a good looking guy. He had like the, the way he could play the guitar, the noise I'll, I'll dig some out and I'll send you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he played the guitar was just great and then again I didn't know what I was doing management back then. I didn't know the contacts I know now, so it was kinda of difficult to, and then it was before Spotify and stuff as well. So it was kinda of just getting them gigs, trying to get them a bit more like exposure to see what the next step could be. I mean they played well, the cool thing, they played a thing called Haddlefest and they were on after Catfish in the Bottom. Catfish were on like third down, right way down the billet. Um, what about was that? Was that in Edinburgh? I think it was, well, it was Mash House. I think it was GRVs, it was called back then. But Catfish were like third on and the Gold Lines were fifth on. What um, year was, how long ago was this? It must have been 2010, 11. Were Catfish on the go all the way back then? Yeah, it must have been. Just It was really probably just starting. Yeah, but uh, obviously making enough of a noise that yeah it was a guy called Hamish who ran Harrowfest um, I met him through Stagger Rats and he was putting a music festival and you want to get involved help me out because some bands and maybe doing some stage management I was like yeah and then like, okay from that means we've got some great bands I interviewed Razorlight well I didn't interview Razorlight that's there's an interview with Razorlight but it's basically Razorlight after everybody left apart from Johnny Burrell and Johnny Burrell wasn't there so I interviewed Razorlight session musicians really but it was a good interview it was so good, good fun yeah. Yeah. They're an interesting band as yeah. well. I don't know. They're back again though, they're putting Kaiser Chiefs at Usher Hall. Yeah, that is that nah. <laughs> nah. I used to love like that first album was like great. That period of time, like two thousand four, Libertines. What's strokes. the first Rizlite album again? Is it the one with Up American Night. stuff on it? Yeah. No, that's the second one. Up All Night's got like Golden Touch. Yeah. Uh, it's a good song to be fair. I like it? the first album, it's great. I and mean, even the second album was alright. America, it's been played to death now, but I, mean, it's, I quite like it. I like the album. I've seen them live loads. Seen Alexander Palace and nice guitar band. Yeah, but the then it just it just went really bad, and then Johnny went solo, and it's just like nah. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd go. And see, I don't think I'd enjoy it. Now. What's that quote from him as well about being? I can't remember. He had a quote like in an interview slagging off the Libertines and saying he was going to be the songwriter that was going to be remembered. Like, well, he was in the Libertines to start. He was the bassist in the Libertines. Was he? Yeah, he got kicked out because he's an arse, basically. Uh, yeah. Imagine getting kicked out of the liberty. <laughs> no, imagine, yeah, imagine being that dysfunctional, you Pete Dockett and thinks you're an <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, and that, I mean, that time, 2004 stuff, the music scene was just, I was living in London, the music scene was just amazing. Libertines were out, and then there was this whole sort of punk scene, like the Paddingtons, the strokes were kicking about, 
the Arctic Monkeys and came on the back of that and it was just like this is amazing and then obviously like, MySpace and stuff was kicking off I know you're just young you're like what what's that <laughs> but I mean um, that's when it really being music being it was so accessible because before you could buy like I remember going to the shop and having like enough money to buy maybe one or two CDs a week so you're like right I'm going to buy them too and that's all you had that's all you could listen to yeah. but now you can listen to anything I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because I always use this example my favourite album two years ago was by a girl called Fen Lily album of the year but I probably listened to the album about six times because there's so much music that I need like listen to new stuff yeah. like recycle. you don't listen to music that you used to um, I don't know I think I listened to I don't know well, I think the album I listened to the most this year was Fontaine's DC album right, it's a good album that's probably my f- I listened to it 60 hours I don't know what that is like how many times yeah it's a lot it's a lot of time but then I've also got it on vinyl, which doesn't make right. it on Spotify. Yeah. That's that, I don't have. I don't like. Do you I've do vinyl some, at all? Though? I've got vinyl, like, but it's just like basic bands who give me some stuff. To You've say got thank is that Coldplay ones framed on the wall. That's, that's not that vinyl. vinyl. That no. was from a program. A pro, like, that was like a, a gig program. Booklet. Yeah, yeah. So I just cut them out and like, don't oh, tell right. people I've got Coldplay things in my house, man. <laughs> I've got this cool. And I love Coldplay. Yeah, They're great. Um, You've got Boy up on the wall as well. The boys, those are Boy. Why behind as well? Frightened Rabbit. No, I don't boys there. There's. No, he's, no, 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 he's behind, yeah. There's someone else, though. Yeah. Oh, that's David Boyd. Have you seen, have you seen The Labyrinth? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like Where he plays the bad somebody, guy, yeah. Somebody dream of that, right, because I sort of thank you for playing music. It's like a cartoon strip of The Labyrinth. It's pretty that's cool. cool. Yes, yeah, not a good podcast. We're pointing things out. <laughs> nobody can see it. I think every podcast I've done, we've had a bit where we've bit looked at the walls, yeah. Because <laughs> I did one with, did you listen to Little Kicks? Yeah. Yeah, really good band, actually. With so, Stephen. Yeah, Stephen is the nicest guy in Scottish music. Yeah, yeah, I, love I think Stephen. I'd agree with you that he's so cool, a lovely, lovely man. Stephen Milne, then Rory Barnes, and then I'm not even got mention. Shocking. <laughs> You're down at number <laughs> yeah, nine or ten. That's fine. Number nine. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, but I remember we went into like his he had like a little music cabin, like in his back garden. Right. He makes his stuff, and it's just the coolest. Remember there were like these yeah. vintage organs and everything. And... Yeah, I can imagine he's got all that. I like Stephen's yeah. good. That's again something they make for the wide days. Um, he used to come down he still comes down every year and it's good to catch up and stuff And I really like his band his album, the album they brought out last, the last album was just great there's a song on it Goodbye Enemies Hold Friends which I just thought was one of the That's best true, songs yeah. they hear Is that, uh, what's the other one on it as well um, Don't Get Mad Get Even yeah. I think that was the album before it Yeah, no that album's actually good. brilliant I think it's their, their strongest work and I don't know what the plans they've all got, all got babies now the whole I think all of them have got kids, wow. uh, kids I, can, so. I can reveal some stuff to you after the okay. oh have you got some inside info from the podcast of excellent um, I'll tweet it when he tells me <laughs> expose it So did you go up to Belladrum by the end of this year? I didn't. Yeah. I went up two years ago. Um, just again, just to do a bit too much. Was it? There was. They did was that, that the year that was that the year or something? They did like the twenty-two festivals or whatever. Yeah, they yeah. did. They did Belladrum. They did Tea in the Park. Maybe would have been that year, was it? Or was uh, that the year after nah. Tea in the Park was done? Yeah. I just mean the gigs I was working with them. I did Belladrum. There was one on Humber side, like the day later, and then one in Liverpool. Remember that one in Liverpool got cancelled at like, the last minute. What uh, festival was that? I can't remember what it's called. It was a total shambles. Uh, basically, we went to Liverpool, stayed the night, got ready to go to the gig. I got a phone call saying, "Why well, the gig's cancelled?" I'm like, "What?" So we just spent the Liverpool. Actually, a nice day out, but the boys lost some money because of the booked yeah, hotels. Yeah, the and same stuff. as that. Did you see the festival this year? 
down like in the like Cornwall. Yeah, Got cancelled like the night before. Like yeah. everyone was like there in the hotels, like camping. Suddenly has nowhere to stay for three days with, uh, you know, train tickets not booked for like a few yeah. days time. Just it's not. Okay. I understand that it's it's not easy to put a festival on, but you, I think if you know, that was a unless it's one, like actually. total like freak like weather or something like that, you know your festival's not doing well. You pull it before people make arrangements. I think Logan's close. There's a name of the band from Dunbar. Ah, oh. and you always get there in the end. <laughs> Yeah, it's come through. <laughs> um, what? There's something actually I wanted to ask about in regard to Indigo Velvet. I wasn't sure, so we don't answer it. We can move past <laughs> it because it's obviously not managing a band is always you know sunshine and happy times. Because EH6 this year, how do you handle something like that? I mean, a situation like that. Now, I'll happily answer that. I mean, as I say, these things happen. Um, but I think because it's the way you deal with people, it's annoying because we, we Indigo Velvet don't make loads of money. We do quite well at gig fees and stuff, but all that money goes back in the band. So that money, we thought we got the fee for that. So it's like, right, this is going to be that, that, and that. You can pay and for when, it. Like yeah, when that got like stuff, pulled, yeah. it's like, right, we need to plan everything else around that. So it kind of creates an effect for the band. I understand why it was pulled because, I mean, it wasn't selling tickets, but again, there's just ways to do it. I mean, I, there's no hard feelings. I speak to uh, Mikey T, the guy who I was dealing with at 86, was very apologetic. And I've said, if I get the chance to tell anyone, this is the perfect opportunity that I have no issues with Mikey T at all. I'd work with him again. We are working with him again. But he's a good guy and he was very transparent with him. And, and these things do happen. But It was just unfortunate the manner in which they kind of unfolded. And Yeah, it was kind of weird that it, like, it was cancelled and then all of a sudden it was re-on, but not with Honeyblood, B. Charlotte or Indigo Velvet on the bill. It was like, all right. And that was, I mean, again, if that had just been said, then you know what, this is why we're doing this and that's yeah. why we need to do this. But yeah, cool. I totally understand. I'm not just going to clap. There's no point in me shouting and screaming because that gets back to other people then it makes me look an idiot. So it's like, right, I understand, fine, but it's just the kind of way it was done. So. But again, no hard feelings. I mean, it seemed to go all right. So. Yeah, it looked like a good festival yeah. from, like, looking from yeah. the outside. Is that quite a rare occurrence, something like that happening, just in general? Um, it's imagine? not like I've not seen that happen much. Um, again that one Liverpool was just that was again it was through safety it ran the night before and apparently it was in Liverpool's to city centre so loads of people got in for free it shouldn't have got in so it was like, it was more safety than anything else which do you know what safety comes do, yeah it does first, yeah. I mean what, the last thing you want is your band playing at a festival somebody like people get crushed to death and that's not you don't want that at all so yeah safety does come first but the safety plan should have been in place way before the first night of the festival so uh, yeah I don't really I, I'm not, I can't really think top of my head there's been many gigs that I know have been cancelled or especially Indigo I've only worked Indigo for eight months or so so it's yeah. all been quite plain sailing I think you put the promoters we've worked with we've worked with DF for the Mash House which was an amazing night but the guys we've worked with in um, Inverness Aberdeen Dundee were all quite it was good back and forth so you do the AGP up in it was yeah yeah Good guy. Ross, so yeah, it was it was a good night. We actually could story with a power cut like the night the night of the gig. So it was like, yeah, basically turned up. Ross was like, "Why there's no power?" I'm like, and I'm like, well, I panicked quite a bit. I'm like, "What do you mean there's no power? I'll be fine." I'm like, well, "Tell me it'll be fine. Like, let's get it." And he's like, "Well, the whole place is out. Like, the whole Aberdeen was out. So it was like we're sitting like, what are we gonna do?" But is that not the night that like it's like a power cut in the entire country? And there was like I don't know, maybe. going off like in traffic lights and stuff going off causing chaos. Potentially, but like we got like it came back on and we managed to get sound checked and stuff. And the good thing about again that venue, um Drummond's. Was it Drummond's? Yeah, Drummond's yeah. in Aberdeen. It's quite cool because it's not like Edinburgh we've got to be about ten o'clock. So Ross is like it runs over like to half ten, it's the matter. Like the club will yeah. start when the club starts, so it's not like so it's quite cool. So it's that's the chill. one thing I don't like about the venues in Edinburgh. Like 
I, 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 into your kicked out. I agree, right? but I understand why because they make the money from like Sneaky Pete's probably makes more money from the club nights it does gigs. So and it's good that they even bother upon the gig nights. Yeah. You know, I mean Sneaky Pete's a gig venue and it's the one of the best um, live music well, venue. Yeah, quite in, a few years in a row yeah, at the Emo Wars this year. So I think what I think Sneaky Pete's is an amazing venue. I love the place. I love the people that work there so Just much. The atmosphere about it. Yeah. So I mean, it's putting gigs on till ten o'clock. And then put the club nights and keeps that place open. Then I'm all for it. I'll get out by ten. It's fine. Yeah. Is that someone that you used to put? Did you used to put like gigs to eleven amplified? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I put a few on. I put them at Sneaky's Maggie's Chamber. I did some showcase. I called them showcases because it was really small at Leith Depot. Yeah. Uh, at least it's been saved. That was another. For now, yeah, yeah, definitely. So looking like it's going to stay for a while, which is good. Yeah, you said I enjoy. It's actually the idea of putting gigs on I really like, but it is the least enjoyable thing I do for music. Of- Stress and it is, and it's like when you see tickets, you, then you can see tickets. Like, oh, I need, how are these tickets going to sell? I, need, I put a band like the worst thing I ever worked on a band for Liverpool, who a great pal. They were a band called the Steeples when I did Leith FM. They became two of them joined a band called Kids on Bridges. And like, do you want to come up? Do you want to we'll do, do a gig in Edinburgh? Do you want to put it on? I'm like, yeah. So they like, tried to do Saturday, but something happened that they couldn't do Saturday. So I booked the Sunday, stupidly, quite naive of me. So I booked Sunday, it'd be fine. Because they're, they're getting good radio play and stuff down the country. And then I booked it like three months and then two months. The ticket sales were like dire. I'm like, oh no. And of course, I have money in this. So I've got the band to come to Liverpool. So I'm not going to make sure that, make sure they don't lose money. It's like, what is going to happen? And I'm, I can't just afford to throw away like 200 quid that I can't afford. So it was brutal. It was like in Mash House. And it was like maybe 15 people turned up. And it's like, oh man. And it was grim. But you learn from these things. It's like, right, I went to do a Sunday again. And I was saying that I did no. a band called Airloo from Nottingham, who are good pals. They did Sunday recently, and that, that worked quite well. So, I think as long as you learn from it and you look at the mistakes, yeah. it's uh, easier yeah. now as well to sell tickets. You've got things like Eventbrite and all that. It's yeah, just yeah. to go online. It's easier to promote as well, yeah. doing it through Facebook. Oh, absolutely. Like the biggest thing that's changed since I've been doing music is Facebook. I mean, it is, it's got its flaws. It was well documented in the press and stuff, but it's a great. I love it. I love social media. Like, it's a platform. Yeah. I mean, this is probably the longest I've my phone this year. <laughs> like, it's been to you because my phone's there. I'm not really being on it. So my phone's always in my hand. It's what I, I'm addicted to. I admit that and I shouldn't be. I need to put it away sometimes and chill out. But I mean, it's tough though when you look at all the under watching documentaries on it and stuff, the way they almost use like uh, casino techniques uh-huh. to keep people, you keep you on social media. And oh, keep yeah. you, like, it? yeah. It's almost, I almost think it should be taxed. You know, like smoking, like, <sighs> Well, you more taxes in, man. <laughs> Spot but the student, yeah, eh? Yeah. Doesn't pay the tax. Uh, I know. Don't have to pay yet. But... <laughs> it's coming, man. It's coming. I know. I'm sure my opinion will change in a couple of years' <laughs> yeah. time. But... So you used to be in a band at all? Or... I was in a really bad covers band um, when I was 18. We just did like Oasis and Travis and Stereophonics covers. and uh, It was all right. We did like four or five gigs back home. We sold out the venue. Like 250 people came and saw us one night. That was... One of the best nights of my life. It was good fun. Uh, was but, that like kind of your your platform in your way into the music? Well, I was studying or? like so. I always liked music. I always enjoyed like my dad used to always you know, like Pink Floyd things like that. My dad is my influence on music. Um, what sort yeah. of Pink Floyd? Oh, I mean, honestly, a lot of people would said Barrett and stuff. It's kind of after said Barrett that I'm more into. Like Dark Side of the Moon's my probably my favorite yeah. album ever. Uh, and uh, what's the one that comes after the guy on the front cover with the Burning Man? Yeah, uh, so I wish you were here. Yeah, yeah, wish you were here. Great. Um, yeah, so I love Pink Floyd. It's my dad kind of got me into that. I mean, just listen to Kyle all the time because I like my dad's never really liked the Beatles that much. So I've like I don't rate the Beatles. It's never. Oh, the best band. I was like, mm, I mean, I, I, I could put the one, listen to them, but they're not. My opinion, not the best band ever. I don't 
probably Pink Floyd the best band ever. I think it's difficult as well to be in the mindset of you've never heard anything like that before. Yeah. So when you're sitting in Nirvana now, like I've got quite a few pals that are not, not that big on Nirvana. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking sick, but like you have to remember that nothing like that had ever been. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like they came along. I went like when I was young, when I was like sixteen stuff. There was like really bad rave scene in Scotland. Like it was just, and that's oh, we listened to it was like rave, real rave music. There was no <laughs> bands, like nothing really. I remember going to like with the Belgium with school, and a girl Laura had an album, and it was Travis the Man Who. No, it wasn't. It was Stereophonics um, performance cocktail. She put that on. Was that's really cool. I quite like that guitar. It's not what I'm into, but guitar was. Quite cool. That was, that was after Oasis because like Oasis when Oasis came, it was post like, Oasis. Yes. Yeah, like I was only twelve in nineteen ninety four, but like you just remember Oasis when Oasis came out and stuff. It was just like it changed. And then you had Blur, and then you had Pulp, and then you had like everything that came from it. it was like, Where do you but, fall? You Blur Oasis. See, that's funny because like growing up, Oasis I'm daft. Like Liam Gallagher is my hero. I used to dress like him and swagger <laughs> about like him. That was a, the covers I band. Actually, I used to pretend. To I saw a photo of you, the ten year photo, and you're kind of rocking the Liam Gallagher haircut. That like was more Pete, the Pete Dockett days back then. But so yeah, so obviously that oh, and it kind of died down about ninety eight and got into like like going out. So it was like weird dance music, and then this Travis Serophonics came along, and I liked that album. The Travis quite like, but it was all kind of getting like that acoustic. And was Star Sailor, I remember reading about Star Sailor and Keen. I was like, is this really going to be music? And then boom. I saw a band, well, they became big before Teen Depart, but they were, the album wasn't out. And I said to my mates, let's go and see this band at Teen Depart, they're going to be amazing. And like, what are they? They're called The Strokes. And mates like, what is it? Guitars? I'm not going to see The Strokes. And then it was just like, three years later, I was like, oh, I heard this band, The Strokes. Like, yeah, How, I told uh, you to come and see them at Teen Depart. So did you go and see them at Teen Depart? Yeah, I saw them at Teen Depart and Glasgow Green before the album came out. What year was that? Like 2000? When, yeah. Um, nah, 2002. 2002 it must have been. Nah, well, almost 2001. But it must be 2000. Oh, well, it was like literally two months before the album came out. Yeah, so when it, yeah. So it must have been, been the summer before the album. It was year, the album dropped like in August or October. Right, yeah, it would have been, yeah. 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 Like, I think Tina Park was like July and then Gig in the Green was August and then the album came out just a bit. How many folk would they have played to? Oh, it was big because the enemy was yeah. all over them. The enemy was like, they're going to be huge. The next I moment. remember this actually. I remember like watching interviews with them and they were speaking about how people were obsessed with them before the album was even yeah. out. And, like, that happened a lot. Again, that was like the MySpace thing as well like the Libertines were huge like they used to release all the music on MySpace and that like, you could download on forums so what, what actually was MySpace because I genuinely it was like Facebook before it was like the first proper social you media download music for free on it and stuff well you could upload any band like, it was the kind of first platform bands had to like reach out to the fans so like Lily Allen became big on that's how she got discovered it was on uh, MySpace so what's my oh my god <laughs> so, so old but, um, yeah so basically you could like if you're in a band, sorry, you could upload oh, upload your music and people could listen to it and you could put it, like basically like SoundCloud, you could have it, you could download it or you yeah, could leave yeah. it so you could stream it. But like so many people, you could like things, but you could take a song and it was always the cool thing to do is like you had to, when somebody opened your MySpace page, a song would automatically play. So it was like, you had to be the fun, you had to be cool to get like, you had to, your song had to be cool. Like those people had like, and I'm like, nah, I'm not having, so I'd have like Strokes and Lily Allen and that was the band I mentioned, the Steeples, I remember... My friend Laura Ashwell said, "Listen, to this I've sent me. I've sent Wait, you a so link. people like go on your profile and can yeah, see what you're listening to. Yeah, it's basically like like Facebook, but it was like you but had music a picture. No, not just not it was, it was exactly yeah. It was it was basically a social media platform, but it, music kind of took over because it was this thing where you could get music, you could find these artists, you could search for bands and stuff. So it's it became almost what people do now with like putting songs up on their Instagram stories. Yeah, very much. So you could you had to be the coolest, cool like." I've got a cool song. I remember having Sigur Ross for months because I thought it was the best thing ever and they still are the best thing ever but 
my mate's like, what is that song you've got on your MySpace page? He's like, Sigurdos. It was just like really slow, dirty piano bass. It was awful. It was amazing. But yeah, so that was MySpace. And then bands could get in touch. It was like, when I first went to Leith FM, that's how I contacted bands. It wasn't emails. And I've said, said before that I prefer emails. Back then, I'd value MySpace now. So that's almost was, like what people do now. They go like through an Instagram page. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas now that I think I'd much prefer emails, MySpace was the way to do it. And you could, there was like a chat but that wasn't even that the MSN tied into it so you had MSN chat and stuff all linked into it it was amazing were the enemy did they still have quite a big influence at that point oh yeah, yeah. it was huge enemy like it was still Melody Maker and I was like 16 as well Melody Maker was like when did that stop enemy bought it like 96, 97 I was going to say because I know roughly what it is but it felt very 90s yeah yeah. because the ones like blur on the cover and yeah. stuff and... so then that happened and then I don't I think I guess like online blogs and that all kicked off and that magazines died. I mean, I was doing that kind of push towards killing the enemy. Pretty much. I guess kind of like the rise, some, uh, the rise of something like Pitchfork as well, probably. Yeah, the thing with enemy is enemy always annoyed me because they would be mad on a band. Like, they, the darkness, they, like, hyped the darkness up so much and then the darkness became huge and they sort of joke. The enemy then just trashed them. It's like, well... Is that, uh, I believe in a thing called yeah. love, yeah. I remember they, they replaced David Bowie at Tina Park and it's like, oh, man... What do you mean replaced? Da- well, David Bowie was supposed to play, but he got ill. He like oh, right. he hurt his eye. A lollipop stick got stuck in his eye, so he had to cancel Tina Park. And they just removed, they moved everybody up slightly, so it ended up in the, the darkness. darkness we're playing with David Bowie. It's like this isn't right, man. I mean, the darkness. Whatever they hate, no. I saw the darkness. I actually went. I actually bought tickets to go see the darkness at the Corn Exchange because it was Christmas time. They had that Christmas song out, and I went with a few of my pals, and it was a wonderful live show. Like they had snow machines going off, and he was crowd surfing his guitars, and it was just like you know what, it's fun. Are they still a band or what's... I think they're doing something. I seen. I saw like an advert on Facebook that they're doing something, but I wouldn't pay to see them now. Definitely nah. not. It was, a, it was a joke. It was a fun thing. It was one album. It's all it was ever going to be. I remember he, yeah. he started a band called Hot Leg. Hot Leg? Hot Leg. Once um, Darkness split up, he was a Hot Leg and they played... It was a festival called the Camden Crawl and I was down at it and it was a tiny little venue called Underworld and it was basically you could get on stage so I invited everyone on stage so I got on stage gave them a big kiss and got off stage and then like a week later it was on YouTube me giving Justin <laughs> you a kiss I'm like yes I've made it so I, was, I had like that again Pete Dockett days I had like a military jacket on a trilby hat eyeliner the lot I was like <laughs> pure Pete Dockett Pete Dockett or Boy George it was always like one of the other we still got a military jacket I do have still a military jacket I'll show you it was like there's only 50 of them made it's like vintage it's class Casablancas used to kind of rock one of them as well yeah it's you? more it's more Casablancas than Libertines it's, it's blue denim rather than the red military style one so nah that's way to go so when did Enemy start to decline what kind of years was that that it oh, I st- Mid two, well, enemy were still big when Libertines were kicking about. So it must yeah, have been around. Yeah, I was talking about two thousand seven. I was when I worked in Leeds. I still bought it every single week. I still bought it in Liverpool. So that was like two thousand nine. So I mean, it's still kind of going. It's still going now, but it's free. Now nah, the magazine's done. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Because oh, well. I used to get the free magazine. Now nah, it stopped like yeah. three, four years ago. I mean, I kind of get it as well because the environment stuff as well. Why, why would you print paper now when you can get everything online? There is still guess, something like to hold. I guess because as well, there is the fear that it could be like a massive, you know, data loss or something, and then suddenly, yeah, true, it's yeah. all gone. Yeah, but I feel like papers are safer thing almost. I like I like covering a magazine. I like I I try I can't read like enemy on a like people can read. I've got like a tablet, not a, a iPad, but like a Samsung version. I find it hard reading, and even I've got a Kindle to read books. And I even find it hard reading on electric streams. It's kind of like I like having proper books. Yeah, I guess it's the way like you kind of would have expected Kindles to kill books the same way that, yeah. um, like Spotify killed CDs, but yeah. it's not really happened. Books are still, <laughs> yeah, quite a big thing. Uh-huh. But nah. yeah, it's weird to think the way that kind of 
music changes and all this, but at the same time, it's almost like still the same at the core of you know what I mean. Yeah, like what you're saying with the parallels like between MySpace and Instagram. Yeah, it's, it's all gonna... like yeah. What's the good thing about music these days is that I always say this when I'm on with Janice on BBC, as um, when we first started with FM, all we got was basically four guys playing guitars, playing like Oasis esque songs, and it was just boring. It was like this is like I mean you didn't think it was boring because all there was, but see now like the amount of music that people can make just in the bedrooms and they send it to you and it's like this is like could be properly produced by a producer it's great there's some good it? stuff on Spotify like kind of lo-fi things that are well that's like you listen to like the, if you listen to that if I could ever find that first radio show and you listen to that and then the last one you and I did together the the difference in music like, we still play guitar bands but there's also yeah. like electronic there's pop there's like all the stuff that you didn't get like there's no there was no way there was ever going to be like a pop band from Scotland like cola, we've talked about that wouldn't yeah. have existed fifteen years ago. She couldn't, it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't have worked. The variety of yeah, it genres been, and bands been, in Scotland. Cola would have been herself, acoustic guitar, singer songwriter. So she would have been. That's how it was, and it's. But now she can do all this production stuff, based on garage band things like that. It's it's great. The amount of music you get, and the amount of variations of music. Van Ives, are they not someone else that kind of started in the bedroom, kind of yes, bedroom. Van Ives yeah. are incredible. They are like Mental my favourite Scottish band at the minute. Absolutely. Including the Nougat Velvet. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and they know this, it's fine. I love Van Ives. They're doing so, so well. And it's, they, they played Wide Days last year. They were one of the bands I was like, I want them to play so much. They did Edinburgh Hogmanay just yeah, they did. past as uh, well, didn't they? Yeah. Would've I saw them. They played Celtic Connections last January. I remember this time last year. That's just coming up again now. Yeah, yeah. it just blew me away. Like the stage show, they did it. It was just great. And there was like a piano at the side of the... Like, was a sellout gig and there was a piano sitting I was like that's right in the way why would they not move that piano and then it came out Stuart came out and played the piano part of it just like <laughs> unplugged and he, no Stuart didn't it was him um, he was on top of the piano singing and then his confetti cannons went off and I'm like this is like watching like old school Crazy, Coldplay yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it's like they do have that kind of vibe about them yeah good band like, I just think they're great production seen them as well. loads last probably the band I saw the most last year was Van Ives and Crazy. Maybe five or six times. I've okay. not seen them live yet because I'm interested to see how it translates oh, it's, with it's, how well it produced it is and how much that kind of is a part like, of it. I think it's probably even better when they like on these bands that are actually probably better live than they are, and the record stuff's amazing, but they just to see and Stuart's like such a happy front man. He's like he just <laughs> looks happy all the time. It's like oh, it's just, he's great. Refreshing to see. Yeah. I mean my friends also said that they could come out her actual quote was he could come out just wearing nipple tassels and you think he was absolutely <laughs> amazing like, yeah I would and the one day Sama and we were standing beside them when I got announced and was that this year? yeah my pal's got a, an Instagram she took an Instagram video and I genuinely think I'm more excited than they were about whether that was like yeah don't the buzz and it's like just guys good I love it when like again that's through wide days it's developing relationships with um artists and you became you become friends with them Declan Declan's a pal now Morgan Woods all these people Van Tees good Declan pals Declan Welsh Declan Welsh yeah, yeah. yeah he's a good guy yeah good, great that's my favourite album last year Declan's favourite Scottish album or favourite album favourite album a whole lot I think it's absolutely incredible do very much like it don't know if it's my favourite yeah, album last year that's all subjective man I'm not right you're not right no one's right that's the best thing in music no one's ever right I do remember seeing him the live at Tuts last few weeks back the yeah. Christmas thing yeah. and that was very good yeah I think he was the best in the night in my opinion Again, it's. Like, I can neither uh, agree nor disagree. <laughs> exactly, but exactly. Um, I'm I'm quite biased towards. I mean, but I like. I mean, I've worked with Ninth Wave and Lucia in the past. Uh, I really like Spire, so we're first on. That's the first time I've seen them live. They were. Yeah. Good. I'm interested to see what they're doing this year. Yeah, hopefully get another single out soon. Yeah. Interested to because I wonder if that was done really well. Yeah, it came on random. I was at the gym today, and I've got this playlist that I just when I hear a song randomly, I'll stick it in this playlist yeah. up and listen to it again. And it, 
I was like, I recognise that song. And it was Spire, so I must have put it in ages ago without even realising it was there. Yeah, it's a guitar riff at the start of it. Yeah. It's, it's quite like, again, quite like the Van Tees, I think. But, um, yeah, definitely, especially yeah. with the, the kind of the vocal thing that yeah. they do as well. It's a bit... Vantees are very much a trailblazer as well. Like when you look at Vantees, I've seen about um, Stuart being one of the nicest guys in music. Stephen Milne, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Hannah and Chloe, they're just great guys. Just lovely. So, so yeah. nice. Yeah. Just I remember we booked them for Wide Days, and oh, that was like four years ago. So a lot, obviously, four years younger, and they were just like young girls. And we booked a band called Scumpulse, who were like <laughs> mental, crazy death metal screaming. And I meant like the Vantees played the same venue, and they're like just best pals with scumpulse like this is not there's nothing wrong here but it's just like that's just how nice they are they're they really good network and they're good really good folks yeah they're kind of a band that have been on the scene a bit longer than Vantees so ones kicking a bit yeah well. do you think we spoke I think we spoke a bit about the start about the fact that it's kind of been a decade you know just coming to the end of the decade do you feel it's a better place do you think the Scottish scene's in a better place now than it was at the start yeah, of the decade I think so I think the music coming out we see like well, obviously, White Day is also ten years. So, like, you think of like the the, the bands. Not the, no disrespect the bands who played the first White Days, but it was Slim Pickens who we could choose from. You know, even now, like the applications are closed. I think we've got like one hundred eighty applications this year. So it's like what is that? And it's oh. not like everyone deserves to listen because it's like it is good music. Um. So, and even like looking back, I was going to do a thing last year of a gig of the year, and I thought, right, that was maybe a gig of the year. No, that was. No, that was. And it's like they're all gigs of the year and they're all great yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think the Scottish music scene is really good just now and it all seems to be getting better There's, like I mean we were talking off mic about you were saying about voodoos and um, the dunce and that's bands I'm not really into I don't know enough about them to them but people love them the snuts another one snuts are a band that I don't I couldn't name you one snuts song but they're huge and that's what's great like people have got there's like a different scene like people mean attached to scenes which is great so it does kind of reminds me back in Libertines and stuff it that. feels like bands are on the rise again yeah absolutely like bands have kind of gone away for a bit it's been more solo yeah. artist oriented yeah. maybe kind of I mean more like there's more whereas like maybe like seven years ago if something came out of Scotland it was like everybody loved it because oh this is Scottish and we have to love it because it's Scottish whether it's like you're seen or not but there's as I said it's not sort of the perfect example because it's like I know of them because they're doing great because I read blogs about them I've heard them I have heard them on Spotify and stuff but it's not really my thing, but they're doing so so well, and it's like I don't you don't, you can't possibly know everything. I mean, I, I do my best. I do the new Scottish music playlist every Friday, and I try my best to put everything I possibly can in that that's come out. And Must then, be tough, haven't it? It is tough because yeah. you don't you can't know everything. It's like then um, the skinny put out their favourite songs of last year, and I was like, good twenty songs in that that I've never heard, never heard of in my life. But you listen, I was like, that's great. But you just there's so much. I mean. It, I'd it must be, in that sense, it's also tougher for bands though. Try to stand out. Yeah, it is, so and it's much. like it must be so much harder now to like be recognised. Because there's even bands I've worked with last year, and it's like, well, look at Logan's Close for example. I mean, they're a good band, and they're from my hometown, and I forgot their name. <laughs> and it's like because there's that much going about. And that's what it is. I mean, it's a good thing that people can listen to music, but it's maybe not as good for the bands or for the industry as like to try and focus on something. Yeah. I don't think I don't think there's. I have this argument with somebody all the time about who was the last big band? Who's the last band that did like five albums? And it's only the only one I think is the last was Arctic Monkeys. I think Catfish could have been that band. Nah, most vanilla band in the world. Though. I think, it, no, I, I know you hate them, but I think. <laughs> I don't hate them, I don't hate them. Do. But um, just that, that, that first album, I think I thought they could have been that band, but. Nah, yeah, that's what I mean. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of very, very, very good first albums come out, but then. It never gets followed up because they've done everything for that first album. And then I don't think they get time now. I think the time 
of like having like two years in to record a follow up. There could be other bands that could do it. I look up on like um, Wolf Alice. They feel like a band that could do five. Yeah, albums. they're not bad. They're, I like Wolf Alice, and they kind of changed their sound as well. So they Fools could... actually. They're, that's a band. Fools. Nineteen seventy-five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. But to be to be honest though, two like what am I naming them? Like two, three bands, something. Yeah, nineteen seventy-five. Only done three albums. Fourth one's coming out, so they'll do five though. Hopefully, you would think so. That's a band I never liked. It's weird. Like I just did not get the fuss about nineteen seventy-five. I thought they were just a boring boy band who just like remember my mate at Glastonbury in two thousand eleven or two thousand thirteen possibly said, "Do you want to come and see nineteen seventy-five?" Like no. We see some proper music, man. I'm not going to see 1975. And then that album came out 2018, the last one. I remember the tracks. That's quite good. Put the whole thing on. That's actually amazing. And then got into the back catalogue. And now they were my most most played artists last year. (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely love them. I think they're absolutely amazing. I've seen them twice. Some twice last year as well. The live show is tremendous. Saw them at Hydro last year. Yeah, I was at that one. That That was good. And uh, Bellhousen Park. Um, I'm debating going up to Aberdeen. Right, because they've got. I mean, I'll never sell out up there. Like that venue's huge, isn't it? That's bigger than Hydro. It's it's good and it's bad. It's too big for everything, I think. Right. I mean, it's seventeen thousand when it's standing. That's madness. And bearing in mind, what's Hydro? Thirteen thousand. Yeah. And there's like two million people, including Glasgow surrounding areas. I don't Edinburgh. That's two and a half million. Aberdeen's. Four hundred thousand, including surrounding areas. You like five percent. They haven't even even quit a gig. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's weird. But nah, you never know. Is it just used for like, is it like a conference hall? Or? Yeah, it's used for like. Uh, it works really well for um, offshore Europe and stuff like that. Ah, right, well. okay, yeah. So but, I mean, they did BBC Sports Personality at it this right, year. Okay. So it works well for things like that. <coughs> but for gigs, good idea. But like, I mean, it's good because it's people who play there. It's never going to sell out, so yeah. it's good for getting tickets. But like. I think that catfish gig they did it was apparently. Was the catfish play there? Catfish played that. Wow. I, I don't know. Are catfish a, a festival headline? That's what I can't. Nah, not what not what I saw of them anyway. I, I don't like, think we like my pal like quite like Sam Shannon who was at the gig at Transmit with last year. And yeah. So we mucked about. We went and went to Skyfire, which I never thought I'd do. I don't like things like that. But I was on the Skyfire and we thought, right, catfish are on. And <laughs> two songs. One of them at Transmit. Two songs in, I was like, this is so dull. It just didn't do anything for him and I thought, I'll have to stay because Shannon loves it. And she's like, are you enjoying this? I'm like, no, she's like, me neither. So I actually left and went to a play park and played about in swings and stuff for like an hour. It was the best. It's actually the best part of Transmit. <laughs> it's great. Oh, same with Cortinas. I don't think they're a festival headliner. I've never, like, I've, like, like Cortinas again, that first album came out, it was pretty good. I saw them, I think I saw them in liquor rooms and I was like, yeah, it's decent. This guys from Manchester did it and then they all of a sudden became, I remember seeing. When did they hit Massive? Like, I don't think, I, don't I, didn't, I feel like it was something that occurred over years. It's, right. I just I, for some reason I, I never really took much the second album didn't, there was two songs second album I liked and I was like after that I was like nah and then I remember seeing a poster for Cortinas and the backup band with the Charlatans and I'm like how's that happened like the Charlatans are huge same with Jerry Cinnamon getting supported by the Coral yeah, I've never been a fan of the Coral to be fair me and my pal Rich who lives in Canada we always we were at college together there was a band came out called The Music and then the Coral came out and he loved the Coral and I loved the music and we always argued like, the music will be huge. That's a good name for a band. The music. Yeah, they were amazing, and they had they did one, they did two albums, but still probably the best live band I've ever seen in my life. They were the so so good. I went every I went to Leeds to see them in Blackpool, uh, Edinburgh, Glasgow, everywhere to see them. They were so so good. I love you. Ever listened to Bill Ryder Jones? Yeah, the Coral's ex guitarist. Yeah. Do you yeah. like his stuff? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's not the cheeriest of music in the world, but oh no, I mean it's music for any day. But... As it's music, you stick turn the lights down low. And, have a bottle of red wine and just enjoy it. It's music you wallow in. Yeah, like you just nah, it's great. Yeah, um, 
I like his good stuff. I saw him as well. He was supporting. Well, Sam Fender at the O2 Academy in right. Glasgow. He was playing with a support band because he produces it, which was oh, really cool. Oh, uh, was he really? Yeah. Uh, Brooke Bentham. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I, didn't, I was at that. I didn't realise that was. You don't see him on the stage. No. Nah. Nah. I, well, I wasn't paying much attention to be honest, but I mean. She was really good, actually. Yeah, she was, I saw her in Brighton two years ago in a wee pub. Ah, he's done her album. Right. And that makes I, sense then. So he's like one of my, not one of my heroes, but like yeah. someone I admire quite a lot. I remember I was interviewing her and I went backstage not realising he was going to be there. Ah, cool. And he was there and just like... Did you like freak out? Nah, like, I mean, I was I was quite composed, but I was speaking of him for like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. It's quite funny. It's a bit, uh, comes across a bit grumpy, but it was funny. Yeah. That's cool. You could kind of probably kind of tell that from his music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's a bar of laughs, but he's nah, good. He's good. Like, I like his, he puts good messages as well in his music and he's quite... Like vocal about mental health awareness and stuff, which yeah, I really yeah, like. Yeah. It's, it's good. Um, yeah. Sam Fender's good, though. That was a that was a show. He's just amazing. I think I saw him in Nice and Sleazy's, like <laughs> way, way way back, uh, Tenement Trail, two years ago. Remember, like Rory said on his podcast as well that he put Sam forward for a lab. Oh, really? Like years back, yeah. saying this kid's gonna be massive and never picked them up. Yeah, it's weird that like we were saying off Michael, I'd say it on Michael, like Lewis Capaldi like apply for wide days but at the time it just wasn't ready for wide days and you're like no, that's you the think. thing these artists go through a lot of development yeah, and people like we joke about it quite a bit and it's like but he wasn't there's was no way he would have got wide days because he wasn't ready for it yeah like it's that there's like a fine window of like a band being ready i think you can also leave it too long yeah totally like, yeah. miss that window you know what i mean yeah i mean that's sam fender i see him nice and sleazy and just thinking who's this guy why have i never heard of him what a voice though because i was like i was repping i was doing the gig like working oh, out. so you weren't like you didn't go to the gig, you were just I was working out, yeah. And they came in, it's John the guys, I'm Sam's, nice to meet your man's backstage here, just area and stuff. And then, do you remember, I remember thinking it was funny because it's Sam Fender, so Fender Guitar, I was like, that's quite a cool name and stuff. And then he came on stage, it was just him and the guitar back then. He started singing, I'm like, wow, this boy can sing. And then I kind of followed him after that. And I remember he played the Mash House, and I was just like, this guy is incredible. And then I've seen him loads since Summit, with Shepard's Bush to see him in London. And he's just kept growing yeah. during a steady increase. Ah, it's huge. It's definitely so. I was saying this, I said this in the podcast already, but I'm looking forward to a few albums time. Like, I feel like the first album's good. He could be the one that brings out five or six albums. He could actually. Yeah. He's, he, although he's a solo artist, he's, he's a band, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's got that kind of band. Sound. And you think, what I like about him as well, he brought the album out, but it wasn't just, he's still got so many songs in his back catalogue that aren't on the album. Like, yeah, one yeah. of my favourite songs he does is Pound Chop Kardashians. It's not on the album. <laughs> it's just such a funny song. It's so, it's exactly what I hate about going out and night out like on a Saturday night. It's like, just the people, it's like, I don't, Get me back to Sneakies, please. That's why I want to hang out. I want to be in Sneakies. I don't want to be in George Street. I don't want to be wearing fancy shoes. I want to be in Sneakies. Go in the Priory. Sweatbox, yeah, the Priory, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's not talk about the Priory. It's a nice <laughs> time last time I was in there. The, um, mentioned Enemy earlier. This is something I, I kind of meant to follow up on it, but I forgot yeah. to ask then. You used to write for Time Out, did you? Or have you written for them? I wrote for Time Out, yeah. It was only about a year. It just came about. They, they were starting a Scottish thing. They wanted to do more Scottish stuff, so they Googled. Scottish music blogs and I popped up so I met the editor and she was like this is what I want you to do you up for it so yeah and it was quite cool they kind of just they weren't didn't really pitch stuff on you you just gave me the ideas and it was like I want to do this we did thing around white days with like the five bands you go and see electric fields we did a Halloween thing five Scottish bands we had, so played like Spook School things like that so five Halloween based Scottish bands so it was cool it was a cool thing yeah. to involved in. I forgot about that well, well, well researched <laughs> what year was uh, when was that um, 2013-14 oh, so this was back kind of 
Just when you did it, it was kind of back in like kind of. Ah, maybe not as long ago as that then. So we did it in 2013, f- seven years ago, to be honest. It must right. be 14, 14, 15 or something like that, because it was back in Edinburgh yeah, yeah. then. Yeah. And I've let the field, but when, well, last year was kind of the year that I let the field cut. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Like, amazing, amazing festival. It was one of my, like, two years ago when Frightened Rabbit played, it genuinely is my top three festivals of all time. Yeah. It was so good. That Glastonbury and um, Festival, it was just brilliant. It was just, like, everything, the weather was great, the bands were great, Frightened Rabbit were playing. All my pals were there. Great, great fun. Yeah. It was just good fun. It's a shame that, that again, it's just decent. It's a shame. I feel like this podcast we've spoken about a lot of things that have kind of started up. Yeah, that's what away. happens when you speak to people in Edinburgh about music. It's all <laughs> dying. It's all doom and gloom. But what's your secret to still being going for so long then? Oh, just Gee. well, it's alive and has always been a hobby kind of thing. The blog's always a hobby, and Kenny, this last year, it's gone away from that. It's become more work, and I think when it becomes work, it's like it stresses me out more. I used yeah. to like I used to work in marketing for a science company, so it was kind of my release was like finish work, get home, write a blog, listen to some tunes, do that, do radio, it was release. But now it's kind of I mean I love working for Wide Days, love doing the BBC stuff, I love managing the band. But sometimes I'm when I'm sitting like on a Monday and thinking what do I need to do, I'm like all right I'll do track of the week. I'm thinking this isn't work, Craig. This is like your hobby. Like stop procrastinating. Train it. Like, what, yeah, yeah. What you what what you're like. You're supposed to be doing work that pays you. So that's like Wide Days. That's the band. That's but. It, it's easy to do a track of the week and I enjoy it. So it's like, I'm working, yeah. I'm doing track of the week, but it's like, nah, it's not. And I've kind of, towards the end of the last year, I was like, yeah, I need to like, do work. So now, I think that's like, being self-employed and being working for yourself, it's quite hard to sometimes to like, focus on stuff. So what I do now is like, I, before I go to bed, the night before, I write down a list of things that I want to do. So I need to do this for that, that for that, that for that, that for that. And then I'll say, right, then I can do track of the week. I can do a Live and that Five podcast or I can do a playlist or something like that. I can write something. So it's like, it's like a little reward when I get to do the thing I really enjoy. Was it something that's always taken over in your mind though a bit? Was it, can I, do you find it's always at the back of your mind thinking about it a bit? I like that fact. Yeah. Yeah, because I love it. Like I do, and it's like kind of, it's my CV, I guess. It's kind of what got me, it got me working for Wide Days. It's because I did this blog, got me the time out thing. Doing the podcast got me on the BBC. So it's like, if I stop that, then work will stop so it has to yeah, keep yeah, going yeah. but it can't be a priority it needs to, I need to make sure can I go to the back banner a wee bit but it's gone yeah but I need to it's my thing I need to like yeah, focus yeah. myself a bit better I need to, like, today for example I thought right you're coming around tonight so I like going to the gym so I was like right so this morning I got up at like half seven I thought you know what I'm going to go to the gym now get that out of the way yeah. and I did that it's good and I came back to loads of work when I got back so I've done so, so I've done my work now so I might go do a track of the week on sure away so yeah it's kind of like I've done stuff so tomorrow tomorrow I've got a meeting in the morning and then I'm doing some wide day stuff and then tomorrow night I might do a long, Try, yeah. I need to do this Declan podcast I've recorded Declan that, with, yeah. uh, before Christmas but I've been ill with a cold so it's still a little bit you can probably still hear it but uh, yeah so. so we got much else planned for it coming up in 2020 coming over in 2029 I know 2020 sounds better though it's, it's like 2019 it's sounds like, like a proper decade it's the 20s no that's like 90s like the, the 90s yeah. what was the last decade was it the the I've teams. heard someone say tenties before. The tenties. It just sounds That's, awful. They sound like a really bad band. It sounds like a children's TV show. Yeah. With a band, isn't it? With the tenties. <laughs> um, yeah, well, so Wide Days will be kicking off really soon. Uh, the Great Escape will be soon, which I love. And then just Indigo Velvet stuff and yeah, then yeah. taking away bits and pieces all over the place. So. And then festival season, which is always fun. So I don't know what festivals... That's the thing with Electric Fields. That was always a staple. Definitely got Electric Fields, but... I guess trans... Well, there's... 
Transmit the lineup. I mean, so wait, say something. I should actually down the podcast just last. No, you don't say. I can. Lineup's not great. I mean, no, I no, right. that wasn't what I was going to say. But, <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, I think it will get better. The King Tut stage will get announced. Well, I was saying that to you earlier, actually. Yeah, the King Tut stage is yeah. always good, and that's what it's all about for me. I like I enjoyed. Although we're saying the lineup's not great, they are appealing to a market. Absolutely, but. I mean, if you look at the tea, the park finished because of that. Because the market was people who don't really go to music properly. They go. To get, to get absolutely wasted, yeah. cause trouble, and Tina Park. Tina Park was amazing. I went from Tina Park from nineteen ninety eight to two thousand nine every year, and loved it. Absolutely loved it up until about two thousand six, and it was like this is getting a bit dodgy. There's people getting stabbed and stuff, and that's nobody's fault. That's not the bookers' fault. That's now I'm not saying that I work with DF and stuff, but I think when the first year of Transmit, they had Radiohead, and I was like, cool, Kasabian. get Radiohead. This is like nineteen seventy five. Yeah, I don't like them then. <laughs> and I don't like Kasabian. Was there like good bands that year though? Was it not? I like, can't uh, remember. In, in, I mean, interesting. Well, Luz Capaldi played like the tiny stage. Did he? <laughs> he was headlining, yeah. But um, but then, so it's like, yeah, cool. They're actually doing this really cool festival. Radiohead are playing, so that's the first time I seen Radiohead. Loved it, and then it just went back to kind of like Being... Liam Gallagher, and, which is fine, as you say. That they they are a constant or they need to sell tickets, so I totally understand why they're doing it. But I just but wish that, there was a market. That's also the beauty of Team the Park. If you could have that, and you could have the other stuff, yeah, because it was I, a bigger festival. I don't know if it'd do. If they both could coexist, to be honest. No, no, no. But I mean, like at the at the festival, when you had that many stages, yeah, you could still, have, you could have LCD sound system, and you could have like yeah. But I think fun. towards the end of the part, people were getting put off by the crowd rather than the lineup. I think yeah. the lineup was good. Led LCD the last year, but I don't know why did that stop. And what was the actual reason for that? It stopped. They moved from Balado because of the oil pipe, because they had to move, and then it went to that. And it just, the first year just didn't work. They took a year off and it just never came back. It's a shame because Tina Park was great and I loved it. I mean, that's my youth. It went when I was 17. I think the first gig I ever went to was Tina Park. And It'll come back though. Nah, they've said it's not. They announced it's not. Transmit's yeah. a new thing. Yeah, but... Something might come back. Some of them might start it like, as a different name and smaller again. Better yeah. come back before I finish growing up. <laughs> right. Don't really yeah. want Transmit to be my festival. No, get out to the get yeah. glass in there, man. Then you'll never worry about a festival again because it's the best thing in the world. <laughs> it is so good. How many times have you been then? Three. Three? Yeah. Do you apply for this year as well or no? <coughs> I stopped in 2013 was the last year. What ones did you go down for? I went 11, 13 and 14 because there wasn't one in 12. Went to Bessel that year instead because um, Olympics. Were I, I can't believe you managed to get tickets three years in a row though. It's quite I think it was, it wasn't, it's not as difficult as if you get a plan. We've got like 12 of us in a group. So you just make sure everyone's up and everyone's at the computers everyone, and whoever gets through first, they've got a joint bank account, we've not got a joint bank account, but we've got one person's bank account where we just put all the money in. So whoever gets through just pretends they're that person and then books a ticket. So it's actually not as bad but as But it's, it's different now, isn't it? You don't have to submit now and get put into a pool and everything. Yeah, you still had that, though. you still have to register. Oh, but, it, oh, but did all 12 of you get to like the registering stage? And You just reg- you register, you can register now if you want, like, anybody can register. But so they, you can't resell your ticket. Ah, okay, okay. So you fake your tickets, like your... Yeah. faces on your ticket so you can't resell it right. which is fair but that's great Glastonbury's amazing it's like the bit you see on TV isn't Glastonbury it compare. it's not Glastonbury it's like two miles well not two miles it's eight miles around like if you walked oh, from one end right round it's eight miles all the way around it's huge I remember speaking to Apra and they were saying it took them like two hours to like walk like. that's my favourite my favourite day at Glastonbury was the first day I went my pal Lee he um, had been loads and he was like the first day oh Craig like get your tent up we'll go for a walk I'm like it's nice to see what oh, there is and you go through like there's a place called the the park stage it's quite famous now but there's a bit of the topic on the the, um, the rabbit hole 
I walked up and this guy in the door's like, you got the password, mate. I'm like, what do you mean? The password? He goes, you need a password to get in here. I'm like, like where are we? What are we? What's the other password? <laughs> so you had to go on Twitter and to solve a riddle and you got the password, you got in and you went like down these stairs and it's like the Mad Hatter's Tea Party downstairs. Like, it's just bonkers. And I was like, this is totally amazing. And you go to like the late nights, the late night bit of glass with like Shangri-La and like NYC. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. There's people like juggling fire and there's like flames going off and it's just amazing. And you don't see that on TV. No. Did you sleep at all for the three days? You were yeah, I do make an effort to because it is five days of hard, hard going. So it's like you need to, and that's a great thing about. I remember Tina Park. You said I'm going for a sleep, but your mates they'll slag you off. But Glassman was like, yeah, go and get some sleep, and like, we'll make, like this is like, you need that's need that. So, but it's amazing. I mean, go I need to go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But get to that. Get to, never Tina Park. This would have been a good year to go actually. Yeah. Uh, Paul McCartney's. We talked off. Oh, you're not a fan of Beatles. Not a fan of the Beatles. Was that off? Was that on there? Yeah, it was on there. Not a fan of Beatles. I've got one question left to run. Oh, Go for it. Sum up 2010 to 2019 in a song. In a song? Or a song? Uh, yeah, song. I'm going to say I'd... album, but... For me or for like... For, yeah, for you. That decade for you. What, what's <sighs> the, the song that's synonymous with it? Oh, it's weird. And why? <laughs> I'm not going to say why. <laughs> no danger. Um, I don't know. It's probably David Bowie because he died and... That's after every, that's when everything fell apart. Yeah, all went to he shit. He died and then Dave Brexit died. and Trump. Uh, oh yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, that, that's never happened. That, that's days, always watch. been my theory. Do you know what? I'm going to actually. I will say, frightened rabbit, because Scott Justin was an absolute diamond of a book, and so even though the Midnight Organ fight wasn't this decade, it will never get old. That album. Yeah, um, it's timeless. So, try to think. What would the song be? Polk, maybe. Fast Blood. Fast Blood's my favourite Fighting Rabbit song, so I'll say that one. Um, not this decade, but it kind of... It lasts. doesn't have to be from this decade. Like, yeah, but I think, I think yeah. Scott, what happened and stuff, I think... And I think what's happened since, I mean, for, like, we're going to go into this a little bit, <laughs> try to wrap up, but nah. the, the, the amount of people who are now more aware of people's mental health and stuff is so, so good. And from a tragic, tragic thing happening, I think good well, stuff. Everything's and come off the back of the it. The Tiny Changes album, charity. Yeah. I've, I did a run for them last year. I want to do more work for them. If people got a chance to do anything check out Tiny Changes and yeah so Scott's memory his music will never die and his memory will never die because he's an absolute legend and a lovely bloke to hang out with as well so cool yeah well thank you thank no you worries for thanks for coming on and thanks yeah. for um, there's some biscuits left I've got some biscuits I've not even finished the first biscuit I started with and then the Velvet complained never got biscuits but you got biscuits because you deserve this get the special treatment <laughs> well thank you very much for coming on and no worries Alex cheers cheers bye 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.